0: Talent Jackie, episode 12. You're listening You're to your Talent Jockey Talent podcast. podcast, a show for job seekers, recruiters, and hiring managers. He's never been fired more than twice, your host, Sean Kelly. Thanks for joining Talent Jockey. I am your host, Sean Kelly, and we are here to talk about providing guidance, advice into the world of talent acquisition. And I have a guest on the show today that I will introduce. His name is Bentley Wolfe. Bentley is an HR disruptor who works with HR technology day to day for a financial services company, not far from where we live. And I thought I'd have him on the show to talk a little bit about HR technology, specifically around the recruiting space and space, 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 and maybe even some social media or who knows where this will go. And it's not a real formal interview. I'm not here to interview Bentley, but just to get his insight into the world that he works in day to day. And where is technology even taking human resources and talent acquisition? So Bentley, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Sean. How you doing? Thanks for having me on.
0: So we're going to run this fast and loose. You all right with that?
1: I am totally fine with that. Great. Great. Great.
0: Um, so, what do we want to talk about first? We want to talk about technology or the so there's applicant tracking systems. It's a big world out there.
1: It is a big world, and kind of I was thinking that ten years ago, nobody had an h r technology department, right? Like h r was this distinct thing, and any technology needs were generally handled by i t organizations, right? And that's really changed in the last couple of years. It's pretty pretty fresh idea to be doing tech stuff inside of HR, I think. Um, and it's it's quite disruptive and throws off an awful lot of business areas. So it interests me that all these areas are moving forward, sometimes in different ways. And, you know, inside of HR, it's sometimes a little bit hard to be heard. So there's so much going on in the technology space that affects us that I just want to let people know what, I'm, what I've been thinking about, what I've been working on, because I think it's pretty fascinating.
0: Now, recently, you've met with some leadership. And brought yes. and you brought them to their attention a little bit about what you've seen in the marketplace through conferences and being tuned into the industry. And we've got a small list of some of those that we may or may not get into in, in depth. But what you know, you bring up a good point with technology and human resources, because a lot of people don't really tech is always seems to be affiliated with enabling the business and the products, especially in like financial services, it's a lot of business systems. Right. So we're, you know, having gone back technology internally to human resources. So when we talk about maybe technology standard, right, back in the day, or even standard, if anybody were to think of human resources and talent acquisition, technology lies where?
1: Well, Think about what we had. Well, I mean, many places still have what they call a human resource management system or a system of record, right? And in some cases, that system of record is just a big database of info about people you've hired and jobs, job profiles, job descriptions, and, um, and I guess Peoplesoft would be the thing that comes to mind for most people, right?
0: Oh, that's lots. a big one.
1: All right. That's a lots of people have Peoplesoft. The Peoplesoft was an HRMS. You'll also see some people say HRIS. So but the key word I want to throw out there is system of record, right? So that's where we're coming from. We've had systems of record for quite a long time. And, you know, they were they started when the PC revolution started back in the late 70s. And they've kind of become these big enterprise-focused systems that are pretty clunky at this point. They haven't kept up with the times very well. The world around us has gone mobile and they have not really done that, right?
0: So let's back up just a quick second. For some of the folks that may be listening who don't work in human resources, and we talk about system of record, how is that defined?
1: So a system of record is essentially just a big database of information about your employees. Sometimes it has information about your pre-hire employees, but normally it's about the people that work for you. It's about their benefits. So all the data about them sits in this system right? Who do they work for? What organization are they in? What's their cost center? What's their job title? What's their job description? It's all about these little bits of data about employees.
0: Now with those, a lot of those aren't, well, at least my interaction with some of them, which isn't a ton because usually if you're in an organization, you're only going to have one unless they change over and you have experience and exposure to another one. So I think the more the different areas or different companies that you may work for may have different ones and then you get exposure to some of those. But a lot of those don't have, when it comes to talent acquisition, they're really kind of removed from that whole realm.
1: They are, they have information, but they don't necessarily have process. So a lot of what happens in talent acquisition is business process stuff, right? Like a hire process, like the, the process of hiring somebody, the process of getting them their benefits. Those are step-oriented processes and those systems of record don't generally do that well. They've been trying to bolt a lot of that stuff on in the last 10 years and, um, you know, when, I don't know, if you know anything about software development, you know that when your product reaches maturity and you start trying to add more and more stuff as the market changes, what you get is like a, it's like a car with a lot of stuff sticking off of it and stuff breaks. doesn't work very well, right?
0: Now, with Some of those, do they, because one thing that I always think of is um, now maybe more than prior, if I were a recruiter and I had a bigger organization, Mm -hmm. it would be easier for me to find talent internally. And a lot of those don't facilitate it. So if I were a recruiter and I was to post the position, I may post it. What would be considered internally or internal right. to the company and the organization. And that's in a different that may be the same system or maybe a different system. I think it's. Yeah,
1: but it's go- usually not, right? Like right? Usually it's that. That's one of the key points is that in systems of record, you often wound up with three or four different systems. You might have external job boards, internal job boards that were on different systems, and all those are feeding data back to your main system of record. And it's clunky, it's hard to maintain, and it's expensive.
0: So what are some of the solutions that are out there that keep it effective as well as at a reasonable cost? And I say systems so, in the general sense.
1: Yeah, so in the last six years or so, maybe seven years, we've really seen a move, not just in the in the HR technology world, in the technology world in general and in the IT world toward the cloud, right? So what is the cloud? It's just this big amorphous blob. What it really means is that 10 years ago, you'd buy a system of some kind, whether it be an HR management system or an HR system of record, you'd buy a job posting system, and and that stuff would be built on your systems in your side of your company, right? So your servers would be serving the data. You'd have a team of IT guys that would maintain that. And then, you know, you'd have experts inside of different areas of the business that would be subject matter experts in that particular system and do administration and things like that. Then... The advent really is kind of, you can kind of trigger it to about the start of the mobile revolution. So let's go back to 2006 and around the iPhone, right? So we're starting to hear at that time of this thing called the cloud. Um, companies like Google are starting to grow and what they're doing is they're storing not just their data on, in a data center somewhere that they own, they're starting to, to put all of the data for all their software on a data center. So this idea of having your st- tools be on-premise in your building is starting to go away. What happens is a company might develop a cloud-based HR system. might still be a system of record per se, but the data from that system and that system itself sits out on the web. no longer sits inside of your walls on your servers. So that change is really kind of equivalent to the change in the 70s and the 80s from mainframe computing to PC-based desktop computing. It's 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 that big a change in paradigm about how we gather and store information and who actually stores the information. So what we're seeing in the last couple of years is that as cloud becomes more of a thing, and I, I personally, the word cloud drives me a little crazy, but I don't know if there's a better way to describe it. Right. Right? Right? It just doesn't mean much. Um, HR systems are starting to be either rebuilt to be cloud-based. So the old enterprise vendors are starting to say, okay, the market has changed. Our systems that we used to put on on your location are hard to maintain. They're expensive and, and they're not modernized. They don't support mobile well. So they're starting to try to move their systems into the cloud. In some cases, what that means is they say they're in the cloud and they don't do a whole lot for you. But a lot of my experience has been with Workday. So let's think about Workday for a second. Workday starts from scratch, builds an entirely new software um, specifically for HR management that is entirely in the cloud. So what that means at Workday is that our data as a company sits on their data servers that they own somewhere. And it, you know, it doesn't mean they're actually theirs. It could be another company that stores their data, right? They're all secured um, to the standards set by the Sarbanes Oxley Act so that your data is safe. But you don't own it. It's not in your site anymore. The software that you use, you go to a web browser, you open the web browser, you have a connection to that web browser that gives security to your systems and your data and all your records and all that information sits out there on their data servers, just like just like if you have a Google Doc. Google Doc sticks out, same thing. Google has that stored somewhere for you, but it doesn't really live on your computers, right? It lives out in the, on the web. So these modernized, let's call them modernized HR systems, some of which are still systems of record, but are now becoming cloud-based, are really gaining rapid momentum in the marketplace. and very quickly replacing all these what's what we'll call enterprise systems enterprise systems uh oracle PeopleSoft, sap big on-site stuff so being replaced with cloud systems that are hosted so they're hosted out in way
0: now with those so what are some of the changes from enterprise systems to cloud so we define what those systems are and they're new and they're based in the cloud and the differences between just maybe locally hosting and administrating them versus remotely. Right. So what are some of the features or changes in those platforms as they evolve from the old school, I guess for lack of better words,
1: there's a couple of big ones and the biggest one and the one that I find that most traditional businesses and it organizations have a hard time wrapping their head around is that generally in a cloud-based HR system, everybody in the world that uses it is using the same version at the same time. You have your own tenants, right? So all our data, obviously, is private to our little tenant in their cloud, but everybody is using the same version. Like So they don't write a custom software solution and give it to us, and then they give some other company their own custom software solution, and IBM gets their own. We're all using one version, and it's on one code line. And what that means is that all those customizations that, large sections of IT used to specialize in are starting to go away. I'll give you a more specific example. In the company that I work at, which I won't name, we used to have PeopleSoft, right? We had 200 plus customizations that were built just for us. And what happened was that you simply could not afford to upgrade when PeopleSoft pushed out a major upgrade. It would cost a huge amount of money just to tweak all the customizations for the next version so new vendors like Workday for example come in and they say we're done with that we're not going to customize you get what you get if you if you don't like what you get or you need something special then what you have to do is crowdsource a suggestion right so basically similar so if we have a suggestion that let's say we need some particular feature in our hiring process in, in our software right In the cloud way of working, we go out and we say on customer community site, we really want this feature. And here's why we need it. Here's how it would work. And then we try to get the other customers using Workday to vote on it. And the votes with the most – the features and requests with the most votes, they're called brainstorms on the Workday side. I don't know what they're called in other vendors. Um, Those are the ones that actually get put into the product over time. So that's another piece of it. Like, so it used to be that a product manager and a team at your enterprise vendor would be setting up the feature set for you and saying, here are the features of our next release. Well, now the whole community is a part of that, right? So you might request a feature that might be important to you that nobody else cares about that you might not ever get. Have you and you ever, that kind of goes at the end of customization.
0: Have you ever read the book uh, Rework by 37 Signals?
1: I have that book, actually, yes. I'm a big fan of, uh, what's that guy's name, Jason Fried, I think. Jason Frieden. Yeah, I really like that guy.
0: Hans Hannemeyer Hansen. Yeah, so in the book, if you haven't checked it out, Rework, Yeah, it's a quick read. It's pretty thin, but uh, they 37signals is a software development uh, company located out of Chicago. And uh, they have a product called Basecamp. It's a project management tool. And one of the things that they talk about and just their company philosophy is when they were developing Basecamp and Rise and a couple other products that they have was, um, especially Basecamp being project management, they would go up against, obviously, big enterprise software like MS Project. Yep. And so they would get feature requests and they'd say, nope. That uh, this is our product, this is the way it is, and this is the way it's going to work. And a lot of people that were fans of the product liked it because it was simple and it didn't have a lot of attachments and a big learning curve. And the reason that is, is because they very, very early on said, we are not going to get into scope creep. And if you're not familiar with what scope creep is, Bentley kind of touched on it, which is hey, we have this, but we'd really like it to do more. And can you put something more into it in this through the development process? And they would simply say, good to know. Thanks for the feedback. But, you know, this is kind of, we want to keep it very simple. And this is the way our product is. It's kind of like, here's our car. We're not going to give you AC. We're not going to give you power, you know, steering, power locks, power windows. This is our car. It's going to be affordable. It's going to be practical and it's going to get you from A to B. And that's the whole mission of it, so it 's yeah. kind of a refreshing mentality uh, in the software industry, I think
1: I, I kind of love it, and I think the thing that drives it is is the 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 need to simplify experiences for mobile right like you can 't have a mobile application that has all that power steering and air conditioning you just it 's just not possible. The devices initially wouldn 't support it and while the devices are more powerful like that little screen just it just isn't isn't can't do it right so that need i think has kind of driven this move towards simplification it's not just in hr I and mean, we see this all, all the time so of the simpler f- simpler interfaces and experiences have become more important than features in software
0: well and it's easier to maintain and it's consistent and yep. sometimes you have to kind of live you know with something that may be well, it'd be a nice to have, but what is really required right, for it to function or for your business processes to move forward. So touching on mobile, mobile's the future. There's a lot of statistics, which I'll be getting into in my role in March. Um, and now I was kind of on the fence when this was brought up and saying like the future of recruiting is mobile. And I thought to myself, well, God, you know, I don't I do not do a lot of shopping on my mobile phone. No. I do a lot of social media, maybe updates, uh, my calendar, uh, nothing overly intensive where I'm going to have to sit down and kind of page through things unless I'm waiting in line for something I want to go through Twitter. But a lot of people are talking about mobile being the future, or maybe it's here now and recruiting.
1: I think it's here and we're just not ready for it, right? So... <laughs> Mobile, so here's what happened. Last year was the first year that the number of mobile devices equaled the number of desktop PCs and laptops, right? And if you look at the curves that we see in in the numbers I've been looking at, over the next 10 years, the sales of desktops and laptops drops off dramatically, and the sales of mobile devices just goes up and up and up. And by mobile devices... I don't just mean smartphones. So I mean all think about Asia and Africa where a mobile device is a, like a dumb phone and a lot of their transactions are on text so all those numbers count.
0: And to um, mention tablets.
1: Yeah, and tablets. Tablets and smartphones kind of get lumped into the same numbers in that research. Mm. So what's happening that I see is that while those numbers are true, desktops and laptops kind of go away. The mobile devices just get bigger, right? And take over a lot of those. They get bigger and they get faster and more powerful and, and they kind of it's not so much they, they that we have to take everything mobile. The hardware starts doing what we're doing on the desktop today. It doesn't always do that right now, but we're getting there rapidly, right? So there's going to be a time in the near future when, you know, it'll be easier to type, it'll be easier to browse, and I think the software developers out in the world, not just HR technology, but in technology in general, are starting to see that. And they're starting to design their interfaces and their experiences for mobile first. And then try to make the desktop experience match that. And that's kind of where we're headed. And it's kind of whether we like it or not at this point, we can't stop it.
0: Yeah, I always used to think like, okay, I have a resume and I want to uh, submit it to... You know, and I've talked to people about, or I've heard, oh, it's the the death of the resume. The resume is dead. I don't know why we keep talking about it. And sure, in some industries it is, and others or even organizations, I still think it's just a reference point. That's kind of how
1: I look at it. One piece of data in the web of your social profile, I guess, right? Right.
0: But having, you know, sit down and say, well, I want to apply to a position, oh, I got to I would never think of getting on my tablet and submitting my resume through a mobile site, but I know that that's going to be changing um, significantly. So I wonder, because I'm sure there are services out there, so I have to have, you know, tout my ignorance, but I know there's services out there where you, you, you probably have a third party and you have an electronic version of your resume, whether that's necessarily LinkedIn or somebody else. And then that service or that app, can submit your information so it's not like you have the file on your phone in what a conventional word doc would be
1: well no the files built into your into your profile so i I guess what you're kind of going at is either the idea of social recruiting or network recruiting would that be right
0: Uh, a little bit or just the fact that taking your you know submitting yourself to a position and what does that entail if it's answering pre-qualified questions submitting your resume what does that look like Versus, you know, in the future or near future than what it looked like in the past because in the past, I wouldn't do it on mobile.
1: Well, because it wasn't easy, right? And right. The, the document format was the limiting, right? So people expected the, get a, to get an actual... The, like the paradigm is this piece of paper that's your resume, on, right? And I think a lot of people still think in terms of that paradigm. Um, many companies and, and many organ- many users have gotten used to the idea that The resume is the data now, but it still comes in some kind of document format. Like it's a Word doc or it's a PDF. It's still like this concrete thing. It's just digital. And I think what I see in the tools market um, is that that's going to hold true for a long time, but that's starting to be supplanted by the experience of employment-related sites like LinkedIn, right? So LinkedIn – on LinkedIn – Yeah, your resume is there, but there's a lot more about your social profile than just what's on your resume. The resume is just one piece of the data, right? You also have whatever you put in that profile on LinkedIn itself and you've got blog posts if you have them, conversations you've had. You've got this whole social profile just on that one site and you might be on five other sites, right? What the tools are starting to do is to use those sites to grab not just your resume but more information about you and make that available to employers. Um, At the very, I guess the most basic level, um, it's a two-way thing, it's not just about you though. So, at the very most basic level, if I want to hire you, I can Google your name, go look at your LinkedIn profile, right, I get all the information about LinkedIn, but I'm also going to get all the other results that came back on Google from maybe you posted something on somewhere else that's interesting. Um, I'm also think about the other side of that which is that it's not just now about the social profile of the job seeker it's also about the social profile of the company that the job seeker might be interested in so there's two prongs on that fork so that's interesting because there's no like there's no resume for a company, right? There's no paradigm there. Like, it used to be your website, and everybody was like, oh, we've got to have a website. So, in the last, since 1994, or so everybody's got a website, right? That's their their profile, and they might, now like, they're all on Facebook, so now they all have Facebook pages. Um, that's the data that the company chooses to show the job seeker before they actually interview or apply for applying interview for a job. But there's also all that information about a company that can't be controlled like I could go on Glassdoor and say 10 great things about my employer or 10 terrible things about my employer and my employer has pretty much no control over that right that's a little bit more true to the idea of transparency than somebody puts up a website and says we're the greatest employer in the world you'd love working here and here's the five reasons why those things may not be true that could be marketing savvy junk
0: yeah, it's very lopsided in the industry and always has when it comes to job, right? The hiring manager, I'm holding all the cards. If they want my position, I get to Yeah. You know, come to the you know, come to court and state your case. And if you're worthy, I will hire you. And now you know, it's not that way anymore.
1: No, the technology's really made it an employee market, right? The employees really have the power now. Like they can learn all more about the job and more about the company than they could ever learn before. And I don't know that hiring managers and recruiting departments around the world are caught up with that idea yet. I still think that, especially at the hiring manager level, I think they think they have all the power, but I don't think that's true.
0: No, it's not. At all. I'm reading a lot, 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 lot more articles, blog posts, you know, industry white papers on how companies need to get their proverbial act together in understanding that it's not their market right now and it's not right. going to be for a while and that now you the tables are turned and you have to now it's re, mark, recruiting marketing
1: is what they're yeah. kind of
0: terminating uh the terminology yeah
1: and recruiters never had to do that before and really i don't think they have any clue how get started right yeah first of all when they realize they have to start like what do they do they don't know There's There's a big gap there that we're going to have to catch up with. And it all kind of, when we go back to the overall image, picture of technology, HR technology, right? Like, So at this point in our world, there's not a lot that you can do that technology doesn't touch in some way, especially in business. Like, There isn't much of anything you can do that technology doesn't touch in some way, which is an important thing to remember. At the same time, you can't forget that the HR business is about people. Right. So we got to make both of those things mesh together. We can't lose sight of one and put in perfect technology solutions and start importing everybody's LinkedIn profiles and using agents and robots to find all our candidates and then forget that those people are really people and they have to understand the tools and the dynamics involved in using those tools and working with companies in this kind of new paradigm.
0: So, talking about people. And the technology piece, and then you even touched on it with LinkedIn and all the information that comes Mm -hmm. with that profile that you can kind of bring into a system and get a better, more robust view of a potential hire, there's a huge amount of talk about data. Now, I had seen an article that actually you sent me about Google who is a big, obviously, if you haven't heard of Google, uh, you're not listening <laughs> to this podcast. But Probably not. But they had stated in the article where um, you most employers, when compared to Google's hiring practice, actually only comes in at 1% less success rate than Google
1: does. I think you missed the point there, though, is that Google uses a lot of data analytics yes. in their hiring, right? And then... The the fact that Google, if you could do a purely data analytics hiring model, right? So in theory, you could make everybody take all these assessments, right? Psychological assessments and employability assessments and use all that data to decide who's the best candidate for job X, right? And Google does a lot of that and what? They're 1% better. Right. So,
0: yes, that's a good point. Um, Because... And I, I told Bentley in this and I said, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Maybe a little bit, maybe the margin's so small, it was a little bit of a surprise because I thought maybe Google had a 10% higher than the industry standard, but it's only like one. And the main reason is because we're dealing with people. And then the right. gut, the gut is what they mentioned. Like, well, I, you know, all the data says to hire this one person, but I just, I'm not sure.
1: Right. The system doesn't have intuition, right? You can right. have analytics. Analytics are good and they're part of the puzzle, but they don't, they're not the whole puzzle. And I'm, you know, I'm definitely a fan of analytics and I, I see a lot of interesting stuff happening in that space that directly affects understanding candidates and making hiring decisions. You know, for Let me give you a quick example. Um, one of the cool tools that I've learned about in the last year or so is called NAC, K-N-A-C-K. The site is knack.it, and knack is this uh, brain science programming thing where basically they push games out to your phone. You play these games, and they use your reaction times and your decision-making to drive algorithms that figure things out about you. And then they give you badges in the end, right? So I could have the, the positive thinking badge or the um, decision badge or something like that. So those kind of tools are rapidly advancing in our into our HR Hiring decision space. Think of it as the, well, 15 years ago we'd have done MBTI profiles, right? Myers Briggs profiles. So it's kind of the gamified, modernized mobile web version of that kind of thing. And we're going to see more of that, but it can't be the whole thing. We have to balance it out. We can't ignore it, right? You you can't ignore it unless you have a company of five people, right? And then you can just have somebody walk in the door and talk to them about the job. That's great. If you have 500 people, you're going to need to use these modern tools to at least get the right people coming in the door, but then you're going to have to talk to them and figure out, are they really right?
0: I had in staffing at one point in time, I had a client that used personality. I don't know if it's not a test, but a personality evaluation where if I submitted a candidate over to the client, the first one of the things they would have to do is schedule this personality profile exam evaluation thing. And they would go through and answer, I don't know if it was 50 questions, 150 questions. And if they scored in a particular area, my client would not even consider them. And it drove me absolutely bonkers because right. I would sit there and say, hey, you said you're going to need an individual with this this background, this skills, this amount of experience, um, and being, being able – and this was around IT, so – I'm like, Oh, this is a slam dunk. This person knows this, but personality wise. And they would tell me we use this model and we've been very, very, very successful. The people that come into our, our organization meshes and they don't leave. There's very, um, the retention rate is very good for the organization, you know? And so I was arguing with data and I'm like, come on, you're driving this seriously.
1: I think the one key point there is that they don't see is that, well, yeah, the retention rates are high, so it is hard to argue with high retention rates, but it's also uh, – I, I think people just don't understand that team diversity makes a really difficult to measure impact on the success of your team in the overall scheme, right? They may have great retention in their area, but I would bet you in the overall big picture of the company that there are areas where they could benefit from having a more diverse population of employees right and so that's i think the point there is probably that if you're only looking at data and narrowing your decisions based on data without considering other things that you're making a mistake right that's a fail
0: you're going to become one big borg cube pretty much
1: but it's kind of the worry of of data and data analytics right so everything around us is data now all the time people people are gathering data around us every second of every day even while you're sleeping data is being generated about you we can't become just that data because that's exactly what will happen, right? Like we can't forget the human element. We need the data element; it's important, but we can't turn into that homogenous cube.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't even know what you now if a candidate was listening to this, I don't mm-hmm. even. They may say, "Well, what what am I to do? You know, you get all this data. Yeah. Things are changing. Mobiles in the air." There's different platforms. Uh, Organizations are evaluating candidates differently.
1: I think that what candidates need to do is learn, learn how to use the tools on the web, right? So even if you just only understand LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn and participate and make sure that your LinkedIn profile is a real reflection of who you are as an employee and a person. Right. So that if I'm going out and I'm scanning, let's say I post a job and the recruiter sends me five people, I'm gonna look at all their LinkedIn profiles. And that LinkedIn profile for me has more weight right now than their resume. I will look at the resume and their education, but I think that their social presence is is important because I run a technology team, right? So I want them to be, I want to see that they're Savvy, balanced in their life that they have certain tech skills that I might be looking for on my team, depending on what they want that person to do. And that can all come from their social media profiles. So you just got to get out and participate in stuff.
0: Yeah. And th- yeah, it does. And I think one thing that a lot of people in the market that may consider making a move, uh, cause they're currently employed, or they're unemployed for whatever reason i th- you know sometimes i think they get flustered because they can't find a job um, mm-hmm. i'm sure they get flustered because they can't find a job or an opportunity or they get an opportunity and they interview with a hiring manager and then they don't get the position and they get sour but right. i think with with the future of with technology and data and what you just hinted at is that it's more than just submitting a resume and a hiring manager taking an educated guess whether or not you're going to be a good hire. Now it's kind of, that. You, I think as a candidate, you have to step back and say, look, I didn't get the job and I'm okay with that because chances are I may not have been a good fit. I just don't know that. Right. So I think that's huge. And and I don't could do be
1: jobs you're a good fit for on your resume. Like maybe you have, I don't know, like, like some specific programming language. Like maybe you're a great Ruby on Rails developer, right? Right. And the job posted was largely had a lot of Ruby stuff in it, but just that one thing is not the whole job, right? Right. It's not the whole person that's applying for the job. You, want not, you don't want just the right person who can write the code. You want the right person that's going to be the right fit for the team. And you're for your company.
0: The full package.
1: Yeah. Otherwise you're just wasting everybody's time and you're not doing the employee a favor by hiring somebody just for a tech skill. That is a terrible fit on the team. Right. Indeed. And you can't tell that stuff from a resume. No, no. Can't always I, tell it from an interview.
0: <laughs> no. And I, yeah. So I think there's a fine balance with the data and the gut and then the candidate being more well-rounded. Um, and putting themselves out there a little bit. So technology, recruiting, talent acquisition. Now, um, so as far as trends go, Mm -hmm. we touched a little bit on mobile and a lot on data and a hair bit on marketing, which is not specifically to technology,
1: but even... Oh, well, yeah, there's a tie there, but it's not all about that at all. That's well, a piece of it.
0: Yeah. Well, so. Hmm.
1: I think that when you talk about like recruiting, marketing, marketing as recruiters, like that definitely ties to technology. And I think when I think about that, it makes me think that you're going to need in the next 10 years, five to 10 years, really savvy recruiters who are pretty flexible and pretty sharp with tools and technology, right? So you're going to need to be a recruiter. You're going to need great people skills. You're going to need great organizational skills because you've got to keep all these various tools together. It's not like you're getting that resume and that's the only piece of data you need to think about anymore. Um, you've got to be good with the web. You've got to be good with the systems out there. You've got to be good with um, your own social media, right, to 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 candidate to track candidates and to your company. It's It's really going to be a challenge, I think, to get the right people in that space.
0: Where do, you think, um, where do you think recruiting falls short within the technology space? So, Because there's a lot of different kind of subject areas that tie to yeah. technology. Because I think sometimes we'll say social media. Well, social media is technology. You use technology to be socially savvy on the web. But right. So how, tying that in and that, that small connection – Uh, I don't know if it's a small connection, but nonetheless, a connection. Where do you think recruiting falls short?
1: So the technology is how you deliver the message, right? But the message is still, the the technology can't make the message for you, right? So um, it makes me think a couple things. One, um, recruiters today might not be Forward looking enough, so they need to understand all that technology, right? So you need to be modernizing yourself. You also, I think, need to be brand aware. How do I describe this? I'll talk about my wife for a second. My wife's an introvert, right? She is not going to self promote. She would make a terrible future recruiter because a, ter- a future recruiter that we're going to need in the coming years is going to have to be kind of fearless about saying, here's our brand as a company. Let's talk about it and really going out there and and marketing the company and to some degree themselves as a recruiter. And I don't think that that idea exists so much today. Like I think there are superstar recruiters that sit inside of organizations, but I think that in the future as as the social recruiting trend grows, and it's going to grow, I'm sure of it, people who are good self-promoters will be winning more in that space.
0: Do you think that's where the, the gap is?
1: I think that's one of the gaps, yeah. I, I think awareness is another gap. So I think and not just at the recruiter level, but at the the HR recruiting management level, like people who run recruiting departments need to be super savvy as well. They need to understand these changes that are happening and start preparing their teams for them. And I'm not exactly sure how that should happen, Right. When I talk to people where I work I'm like how many people have a Twitter profile and I like to say post a tweet cuz it makes my wife mad but how many how many do you tweet and like one hand goes up in the whole HR department besides myself and maybe you right there there's just not enough forward looking desire there like there needs to be a constant desire to learn rather than they're so busy getting the day to day done but that's not going to be enough. That might have been enough 5 10 years ago. It's not enough anymore. You got to do more than just get the done. Either that or you need to find a way to streamline the day-to-day so that the information you need from that social web is coming to you. And that's well, obviously that's where technology and tools can help you. Right.
0: I am interested in you know, I was going to sit down and program the other day cuz I was bored and I was just going to pick up a programming book and knock out the next technology around recruiting because, well, somebody's got to make it. <laughs> of course, I'm joking, well,
1: but. Yeah, but lots of people are already doing that, right? right? So one of the things that we noticed last year at the HR technology conference is the number of startups in this space is really growing rapidly. And that's a side effect of mobile getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's lots of money starting to flow into all these niches of the business world. And HR is one of the niches in the last couple of years. It's got a lot of attention. So there's a lot of angel dollars flowing into HR startups Um, and there's a lot of those are recruiting focused.
0: So what have you seen? What are, what are, what are these new startups going, Hey, we're going to do this because we don't see it in the marketplace or we see it, but it sucks.
1: A lot of them are focused on data analytics specifically for, um, two things. One is, you know, recruiting, finding the right candidates. Um, another one is for, um, not specific to recruiting, the other one is about uh talent and engagement. So there's lots of them are focused on once you have those people in the door, understanding who they are and what their needs are and making sure that they're super engaged with your company. That's probably less interesting to you than the recruiting stuff though.
0: I think uh I think there's a lot of room for some of these vendors, and I think their mission, should they decide to take it, is gonna be quite daunting because yeah. i i can foresee so as a recruiter if i if any of the tech savvy individuals that are in the startup realms are listening which i doubt they are but nonetheless i mean i envision a tool for recruiting that is really 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 robust where to the point where if i have a job posting and the hiring managers there they can just push it and it goes out
1: boom bam right and a lot of the a lot of the hr Vendors are, are moving in that direction um, You know, I'll go back to Like I said before, a lot of my experiences with Workday The Workday recruiting module Is kind of designed to work that way you know, You're going to take out a lot of the passing off of information External to the system Applicants are going to come in Recruiters are going to push them out to hiring managers The hiring manager is going to see that as part of the business process That's built inside the tool Decide what they want to do And then move that candidate In some direction Move it forward, move it back, put it on hold the tools are starting to catch up with that. The startup stuff that's happening, I think what's going to happen is that in the HR tech space and in the recruiting space, you're going to have a combination of things. You're going to have a, a, a system of engagement. So we're going to get out of systems of record and move toward tools that are engaged with our daily lives that mesh more into our processes. Right. And, then, and work is kind of like that and going in that direction. The tool vendors that have started from scratch in the last couple of years are obviously ahead in that area, right? So they understand mobile, they understand how to pull you into the experience, how to send you notifications, how to suck you into the thing when you need to be into it. Um, But you're also probably going to wind up needing some specific smaller stuff that comes from startups or smaller companies. Um, For example, one of the things that I see in the HR space that could affect recruiting is... A lot of vendors doing survey type stuff, like real-time surveys. So a lot of companies that I'm aware of today, um, not even super big ones, but all the big ones are like this. Like They're still doing pulse surveys, like annual pulse surveys. Let's send out a survey and people will do it and then we're going to get this feedback back and we're going to spend four months analyzing it. And then we may or may not release the results to anybody. But outside of these corporations, what's happening in the web is you're getting used to voting. You vote on everything all the time, right? think about kickstarter so in kickstarter you're voting with your your dollars right everything on kickstarter is a vote like the most voted stuff is what gets funded um facebook every time you like something that's a vote and that's the kind of tool that i think you're going to see some more of um on a smaller scale like real-time survey stuff real-time engagement surveys for example um Exit surveys is an example. Like, there are some startups that are focusing on exit surveys where instead of sending somebody out to like SurveyMonkey, which is good, right? They're trying to pull that exit survey. Can't so when someone terms, they pull them right into the experience as part of their termination paperwork. So, okay, here's your survey. Here's this paper you got to fill out. Do this survey right now. And it's right there in front of them as part of whatever they have to do to get to the end of their employment, right? So, I think you're going to find up with a combination of those in tool vendors and a couple of smaller startups doing smaller stuff that might be helpful to you as a hiring manager or as a chart department. So what is Bentley currently working on right now? I actually am about to start working on implementing the Workday recruiting module at my company. Not me alone, obviously, me and a whole bunch of people. Um, we've been looking at it for quite a while, so we have another vendor that we use right now. So right now it's a mesh of tools, right? We've got a job posting tool. We've got a talent tool that's really the applicant tracking system, which we use to post jobs. And then we have Workday as our system still, system of engagement, right? So that's our HR management system. And a lot of those, so the the Workday recruiting module is going to pull all that stuff inside of Workday. So a candidate can apply... You don't even have to use work. You can apply from LinkedIn. You'll be able to send your LinkedIn profile in as your application, and that will grab your resume along with it and then uh, distribute that out into the process. And so we'll have a whole business process built around that. And that will include one of my pet topics, which you know maybe we can save this for next time. But um, the idea of onboarding is a big deal to me, and that's something that I've been talking about a lot doesn't quite fit into this space but i think maybe a future discussion we should talk about onboarding
0: yeah i don't think that's outside the scope of what i would want to talk about because i think uh companies and first impressions even i think recruiting is the first impression of the company but the onboarding is really the more tangible piece of the candidate they come in what's their first impression when they're going to start the first day of work
1: that's one of the things that keeps you around right like so it's One of the things that has a big effect on your retention. Indeed. People that do it well tend to have higher retention rates, and companies that don't do it so well have lower retention rates. And that's pretty well proven. Right.
0: Well, thanks for joining me today, Bentley. Much appreciated. Yeah. So if uh, people wanted to find you, if you want to be found.
1: Yeah, you can find me in two ways. Um, My Twitter handle is BBBENT. That's three B's, ENT. Um, you can find me at Bentley.Wolf, that's B E N T L E Y dot W O L F E at Gmail. If you feel like emailing me, um, those are probably the easiest ways to get a hold of me.
0: Awesome. If you have any questions about technology in the recruiting space, or if you're a job seeker that wonders you know where how it's going to affect you directly, and we didn't cover it, by all means, go to talentjockey.com. And uh, this will be episode 012. So forward slash 012. You can leave a comment in the show notes and I'll even get Bentley to maybe chime in on, on that. Would you be welcome? Would you would
1: oh, you yeah, come that's, back that's, on the show? I would totally come back on the show and I'd be happy to participate in the comments. That's my idea of fun. Right? So, and I try to, you know, I'm always telling people, I want to be the change you want to see. So if social Media is the place you think the world is going. I want to be there. So that's something I work at all the time.
0: Awesome. So this is another show of Talent Jockey. Thanks for tuning in. Much appreciated. Again, comment on the show or send an email to Sean, S-E-A-N. I got the goofy spelling of Sean. Well, I think it is sometimes. It's not pronounced that way in English, but anyways, Sean at TalentJockey.com. Thanks and have a good one.